Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. One thing salon owners often tell me is that the reality of running a salon is not what they expected. Now, I know you can relate. Like it was a dream of yours to have your own salon, right? But when you achieve this, got the salon, the reality is that things aren't always perfect. I know how it can feel. It's like you're so close to living that ideal dream life you've always dreamt of, but everyday dramas just keep cropping up and getting in the way. And all of a sudden, the dreams feel frustrating, further away. But today, I'm chatting with someone who knows this feeling all too well, having faced a house fire, brand new babies to juggle, team walkouts and hiring troubles. Mia DeVeers has experienced the reality of owning a salon and just how far from the dream it can feel. After, her, after owning her salon 16 years and learning great lessons, she shares how she got business back in line with her life goals and went on to found an online education, education business called The Secret Fox, which I'm sure many of you have heard of. Now, during this episode, she will share her best tools for any salon owner who desires to get their dream life back on track and stop getting caught up in daily dramas. I know the story will be inspiring for you if you decide to implement some of the ideas from Mia. So let's dive in and meet Mia DeVeers. Mia, thank you so much for joining me on the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Really pleased to have you back. I am so excited to be back. It's been four and a half years, so I can't wait to chat with you today. Oh, I can't believe it's been so long. Um, but let's start with, for those that don't know you, who are you? Um, what do you do? Where are you in the world? How did you get to be doing what you're doing? All right. Well, who am I? Um, I am a hairdresser. I've had a salon for 16 years. I've been hairdressing 25. Approximately four and a half years ago, I started an online education business. Um, I've got two kids and I'm just having fun. Now, last time, four and a half years ago, when we chatted on the podcast, you were in a hotel room because you had just survived your uh, a team walkout and your house burning down. Lots has changed since then. Um, yes. and I'm really keen to uh, talk about some of those fundamental changes that you've made in your life and in your business and the impact that's had, that's had on you. So talk us through that time and kind of take us to now because at some point of uh, at some point in time you kind of went, stop. I need to do things differently. And so take us a little bit sort of into the pre and then that moment where you were just like, okay, stop something needs to change all right I think um I think that most salon owners have been in that situation where they're kind of just running sort of like everything's happening they're saying yes to everything because that's what we're told we're told you know say yes to every opportunity and figure it out on the way out and somewhere along the lines I possibly said yes to too many things so um I probably wasn't a very easy person to work for I think that maybe when you've got a lot on your plate and when you've got several plates and lots of them spinning in the air that sometimes things can get um you know, very, very overwhelming. And so um, I did have a massive team walkout. I also had a house fire, 
um, I'm glad, you know, if it came in threes, I've blocked it out. I can only really think of um, two really pivotal, pivotal things that happened to me that way where I kind yeah. of had to look around. You had, some, <laughs> you had some babies in the middle of all of that too, Oh, right? my gosh. Yes, there was babies. <laughs> there was two, two surprise babies um, and one that actually came three weeks earlier and also in that, okay, maybe this is the third thing. Um, I had hired someone <laughs> to run my salon for me and she was the wrong person. So I made the mistake of hiring on skill. I hired someone who I thought could look after my clients because her skill set was there. She was amazing at short hair cutting. She was, um, you know, she had a big personality. However, she was the wrong person to lead the team. So I will never, ever hire on skill set again. I'll hire on what's in here. <laughs> Yeah. So yes, okay. yeah. So that was a fun time. The walked, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, the, the team walked out. You had the wrong manager leading the show. Uh, your house caught on fire. You had nowhere to live for a really long period of time. Uh, life would have been crazy, right? Life was pretty mental. Yes, life was pretty mental. So I think there was a time when I was standing in the back of my salon. I was holding a um a ceramic cat soap dispenser and all I wanted to do was throw it at the wall because I had had enough so um, I think it was probably around that time that maybe um, you know I was touring Australia and New Zealand I was doing lots of things with the colour company I was with I was doing lots of things with um, sort of you know little branch outs touring with colour queens um, and I was just really really on the go and I think sort of you know anybody who looked at me would think oh my god she's winning how is she doing all of this stuff I had a team of 21 we just moved from a little um, six to eight seat salon to a 21 seat salon. I had 21 staff. Basically, I think after, after I'd lost my team, I built up a new team very, very quickly. Um, and I think that I just thought that everyone was watching me and there was a lot of pressure on me. So I kept doing all these things, bigger, better, harder, faster, um, to prove myself when I had to sort of turn around eventually and ask myself, who are you doing this for? Because I wasn't doing it for me. I was doing it for these people that I thought were watching me. But at the end of the day, nobody cares. Everybody's watching what, like, you know, everyone's paying attention to what they're doing. And so it was after that that I realized, my God, I'm so unhappy. I filled my life with all of this stuff that none of it sparks joy within me. How do I, how do I take it away? How do I get rid of it? So it was really funny that I did this big thing where I kind of went, wait, stop. I'm going to unpick it one by one. So what I basically started to do then was I started to say no. I said no to touring. I said no to, you know, all these opportunities to do these things. Um, and I started looking at what makes me happy. What do I want to do? Um, I also reduced my team down. I had a really good think about, you know, when did I love my business the most? And it was quite funny. It was actually, it was, when did I love my business the most? When did my business, when was my business the most profitable? And it wasn't when it was super big with a huge team and the sound was pumping. It was actually when I had a team of about four, um, I could hear everybody's voices. When I had a team of four, it was really easy to sort of stay in touch with my people. And I'd know if that one was, you know, if this girl was feeling a little bit shaky or if this one needed me for something else. Whereas when I had a team of 21, I just had static and white noise. And every time I walked into that space, it wasn't, you know, hi Mia, how are you? It was like, Bang! everyone wanted to know, can I have time off? I'm feeling sick. I'm having a fight with this person. This staff member's annoying me. And I just hated it because I thought, you know, you create these businesses for you to make you happy because you can, you think you can make it better. And I thought, I just walked into a nightmare salon. How the hell do I get out? So I think um, there was a time actually when I even maybe spread a rumor that I was closing down. So, cause I, I thought maybe I was closing down. Um, and it was really funny, you know, being in a small town, how that actually circulated and sort of, you know, 
the price that I apparently was getting for it, I thought, my God, if someone offered me that, I would sell it. So yeah, it's been it's been quite quite a ride, quite a ride. <laughs> so uh, this was this big shift to really focus on yourself. What what did you want? And so at the end of that process, that clearing out process, I call it the big queen move. Like, do you know, lots of people move the pawns around the board and keep shifting the same stuff into different shapes and movements, but you were actually like, no, I'm doing some big planning clearing. What did you leave yourself with? What is it that you loved? Uh, you have a salon of team of four. What else is going on in your life? Like, what are the what are the things well, my, you hold down to? My team's a little bit bigger than four. I've got, uh, there's 10 of us all up. So, you know, <laughs> 10, 10, I can handle 10 personalities and 10 voices in my head, along with my personalities and my voices. Um, so yeah, so I've actually really, really enjoyed that. We grew during COVID. We actually took on two apprentices. So one's just completed, one's um, partway through completing. She'll probably complete in the next 12 months. So what have I left myself with? Um, I guess I just cleaned out the crap, really. One of the biggest things that, I, I, that I'm actually probably just about to do in the next week or two is that I love getting out my, um, my annual calendar for the year before. And I circle all the important dates. So I go through and I'll put you know, my children's birthdays. Um, I've got sort of, you know, the special dates for the team, their anniversaries, when people go up years in, um, you know, their birthdays, their work anniversaries. Um, I make sure that I've always got my anniversary off with my partner, Marcel, as well. So I, I've cleared time. I think that's the biggest thing that I've ended up with. With By the time I've unpicked everything, um, you know, my core values or the things that I want to make me happy are always freedom, creativity, Best. fun. Sort of they're always the things that always comes down to. Like I think... I don't have a why. I think you and I have tried to work on this so many times. I don't have that big life-changing why, but I know what makes me happy. And it is the freedom to do what I want um, and the time to do what I want. So they're the things that motivate me massively. So the biggest thing I think with unpicking my life and getting rid of everything was that um, when I was able to put it all back together, I put it back together neatly. So uh, what that looks like is that I'm not actually on the floor very much over. And I think, I think the big thing that what I need to stress with people is this actually took me about six months to do so I couldn't just kind of go I quit hands up like no more I don't want to do this anymore I had to kind of go well I've still got these commitments in front of me I need to finish that one off and so every time I did you know I finished the tour I did a big celebration dance because I knew that's done I don't have to do that again unless I want to do it so I sort of I ticked off all my um all my my commitments and I celebrated every single one of them because I was one step closer to freedom um and then what I did was I stepped off the floor. So I had, I've originally gone from sort of, you know, I had 33 clients that I was working on because I've been, I've been semi off the floor for a while. So one year I had 33, the next year I went to 22. This year I'm only looking after 11. Next year I'm possibly only looking after one or two. So I'm really good at putting up strong boundaries now. Got very good at saying no. So yeah, so I think that's a big thing. And that's actually given me the time to, I think last week I was at the athletics carnival as well as at the soccer gala day. And these aren't things that necessarily light me up. I'm not a very maternal person, um, but it was one of those things that I was just like, I can do this because it's my business. I run my, I run my time. I run my schedule. Um, you know, I was up in Brisbane for work for the secret Fox um, over the long weekend. I was able to Sort of, you know, I got there a day early. I was able to relax. Pampas stayed at a really nice hotel. I did get a body scrub and a massage. Um, and then I also sort of flew home in time to be home for 8 p.m., which is when the salon closes on a Tuesday night anyway. So it's like I've been away, but 
I managed to come back and I was in a time warp. Life still, life still was normal when I got home. So I got to come home and spend time with my family, which was really, really great. All because I've put these big boundaries around my time. Yeah, I love it. I love and adore that. Hey, I just wanted to pop in to tell you something. Don't worry, we're going to get back to this awesome episode in just a second. Now, if this sounds like you, listen up. You have a team. You love your team. But you're sick of wondering why and wishing your team would make their sales targets. You want them to be smashing sales because it shows that they're actually looking after their clients really well. Like imagine if you could have a way to make more from the clients that you already have, increase sales without spending more on advertising. Well, it's totally possible and I want to help you. And I want to help you do it with ease, in a classy way. No hard and dirty sales tricks here. Ways to serve your clients, make more, because everybody wins. The team, the client, and of course, you, the business owner. Now, if you want to find out more, just DM me uh, and let's chat. I'll make a plan for you. I'm also going to leave a link for you on the show notes of this episode. All right, let's get back to the episode. Let's talk about just quickly, like what does life look like now? Probably one week to the next is completely different. But over a month, like how much time do you invest in the salon versus Secret Fox or anything else that you have on the bubble? Oh, Secret Fox is one of those beautiful businesses that... Um, I really only have to, I mean, you know, I'm always in their, in their Facebook group chatting to, chatting to my people in there and sort of I'm always sort of, you know, talking about what's upcoming. But what's really, really lovely about that business is that I only actually have to work on the tools um, one to two times a month. I love it. That business just brings me so much joy. <laughs> So, yeah, so, I mean, I've, I've been very fortunate that I get to travel. Last year was a little bit different. That was the most time I've spent at home in a very long time. But, um, you know, typically we travel all around Australia filming, you know, everyone's favourite um, hair and makeup and business and social media educators and influencers. But um, I just managed to make it fun. My family sometimes comes along with me. So depending on, um, you know, how, how much headspace I need prior to a class, I can travel with my family, which is amazing. So that's always really good, provided that Marcel lets, takes the kids away for a couple of hours so I can work. Um, but yeah, it's been brilliant. So two, two to three days a week, uh, two to three days a month, I would actually be working on the secret box. Um, what I actually do those weeks though, is that I won't work in salon at all. So I completely yeah. clear that week so that, you know, in the lead up to that class, I'm just focused on that class. After that class, I'm just focused on that class. So I love that I've been able to block that out. However, that was a lesson that I learned. You know, that's been running for what, four years now. It's probably a lesson that I've really learned in the last, you know, year and a half to be able to go, when I do one of these classes, in particular when I travel, that I'm smashed. And I just don't like running and trying to chase my tail. So I just make sure I've got that, that time on either side of the class just to chill, to, you know, yeah. upload classes, write about the classes um, and, you know, upload, upload to social media. Um, the salon is only open four days. So we have been closed Saturdays now. It started off, it started off for a little while. So I think maybe three or four years ago, I would have said to my entire team, who doesn't want to work Saturdays? And I was really shocked that there was only two of them, which was funny enough because they were actually best friends. Um, they put their hand up and they said, we don't want to work it. 
And I looked at everybody else and I was like, you guys are nuts, whatever. And then the next year, after everybody's seeing the other two girls living their best life on the weekend, having a long weekend every weekend, then the rest of them were like, yep, no, we want to do it now too. Um, but it was silly me that still had a year's worth of clients booked in on Saturdays. So I was still working maybe. <laughs> it might have been every second Saturday. And then when I, as I reduced my clientele, then I think I went to working maybe one Saturday every six weeks. And even then, that was a tough Saturday because I was working on my own. I didn't have any support staff. Um, I mean, my clients are fantastic. I love them and it was an easy day. Um, but it was still one of those things where I was just like, man, it's just me. Um, you know, what a sucker. And then I actually put sort of those really big, um, you know, those really big boundaries around that. And I sort of said to my clients, you know, next year I'm not going to be doing Saturdays. So um, I was able to either move them on to a, you know, another stylist or if it was a client that I really love. We've all got those special ones that we just don't want to, you know, like we probably undercharge them and, you know, go above and beyond because they're just those people that you've had forever. So I've got, I've been hairdressing a long time. A lot of my clients have been with me that entire time. So there's one or two that um, I did say I'll work nights. And then because it was another thing that I was just like, all right, cool. Sort of, you know, I'm sick of not having time for my family. I'm sick of not having time for my housework, as boring as that sounds. But they're all things that weigh on your mind, that drive you nuts and stress you out. So I was like, that's it, no more. But then it was even such a big adjustment having Saturdays off. So I was just sort of like, what do, what do I do? Sort of, you know, I'd get up early, I'd do my groceries and I'd be like, now what? Sort of, I've got all this time. So yeah, it was really cool that, you know, we could do family weekends away. We could do making memories, um, hang out with the dogs. Or, you know, you could be a crazy person. And um, I think that I spend forever bragging about how, you know, we're closed Saturdays, we don't do weekends. And yet I have been in my salon every weekend for the last few weekends because we're in the middle of renovating. So yeah, call me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I just want to touch on this kind of like suddenly I've got free time thing because uh, it sounds like you have had a similar experience to me. It's like suddenly, oh, what do you do? What do, what do other people do now once you've unpacked your life and you actually have the freedom that we've been searching for all of this time? And I remember having quite a weird period of time going, well, what do what other people do? <laughs> what do you do with your time? <laughs> like, like I've done my groceries, uh, the house is clean because I have a house cleaner. Um, now what? And I kind of had to rebuild, like, what do me? What do I do? What do I want to do? Where do I want to spend my time? I think um, it's, it's really yeah, weird did you to have go, yeah, because you sort of think like, you know, your business is your life, especially when you're yeah. in that growing stage of building it up, you know. I remember when I very first opened the salon, I'd be there till 10 p.m. on a Friday night. I'd rather die now. I don't want to do that. That's not a business. That's not a life. But it was really funny sort of, you know, because I guess, and I think so many salon owners would relate to this, you know, your friends would ask you to go somewhere and you'd be like, oh, I'd love to, I'm working, especially, especially on a Saturday. Um, so it sort of got to the point where you don't get invited because they, they know the answer's no. So it's really funny to kind of have to fill your time again and kind of go, oh, like, who am I? Who am I outside of working, you know, 24-7 in my salon? Um, it turns out I'm a person that really likes to have facials. So <laughs> I'm having one this afternoon. But it was one of those things I never had time. There was this uh, beauty salon that I would recommend every single one of my clients do because I knew that they were the best. And they were like, have you ever been there? And I'm like, no, but everybody else goes there and I send everyone to them. And it was actually this year, so it would have been my very first Saturday off this year. It was the 7th of January or the 6th of January or something like that. And I booked in for my first appointment. And then I actually signed up for a 12-week program and I had, um, I had a facial every week for 12 weeks. 
and nice. then now then they've they've cut me off now they're like look no that's that's the most we can do <laughs> now it's just maintenance so now I go every three weeks and I have an appointment there today at 1 40 p.m so yeah I just love, I love having time <laughs> yeah 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 for sure my guilty pleasure is uh massage back shoulder massage that's that's my jam no, I think too. yeah I think after being a hairdresser for such a long time we need a neck back and shoulder massage foot massage too totally totally all right um given all of the changes and the sort of massive transformation um there's a lot of joy being sparked right now what would what would what would you say is like if you had to give advice to salon owners listening of what not to do so they don't get into the positions maybe that you've been in in the past what would you say Oh gosh. Um, I would probably say like pick your battles. I think that salon owners make their life really, really hard by arguing and digging their heels in on the wrong things. I think it's one of those things where sort of, you know, you probably lose really good stuff because you say no, because things have always been done this way. So that's, I think what I'm really noticing a shift in the industry now is that a lot of salons are looking at closing weekends and trading their trading, changing their trading hours and being more flexible. I think that flexibility is key. Sort of, you know, if you're really, really rigid, you know, everyone around you is going to be feeling edgy and, and stiff as well. So I sort of think, you know, definitely is, you know, pick your battles. Don't, don't fight the silly things. Sort of, you know. Yeah. Amen to that. All right. What's one thing that you would suggest or one piece of advice that you'd say, definitely do this? Um, I think that probably one of the biggest pieces of advice that I've ever been given was actually from one of my really good girlfriends, Belinda Keeley. So she owns a salon called Shumba Down in Melbourne. And when I was having a big, you know, salon crisis, I didn't know what to do. I was really unhappy with everything about my salon. So not just down to, you know, my team, um, you know, the workplace culture, the brands that I was using. She actually pulled me aside. It was quite funny. We were at a, um, it was at Hair Expo. I was, um, I was drunk at a party. There may have been tears. Um, and she actually <laughs> said to me, Mia, just because it was good for you a year ago doesn't mean it's still good for you today. And that was a really, really big eye-opener and allowed me to kind of go, okay, just because I can look back on it and, you know, it was working then doesn't mean it's working now and doesn't mean it's going to work for me in the future. And that really, um, you know, that really allowed me to make big changes um, and to have, you know, to be brave to make those changes because I was like, it's not working. Why am I keeping it here? Um, and I think that that's a bit of advice that goes across everything in your life. So that goes to, you know, friendships, relationships, um, you know, product companies, sort of, you know, it's, it works with everything. Just because it was good a year ago yeah. doesn't mean it's good now. I love that. I think that's really freeing, actually. It allows you to move forward. Yep. All right. Uh, I know you've got a couple of books that you've been digging into or have been life-changing for you. Uh, please share, tell us. All right. This would probably be, um, this was probably like probably my life-changing book, actually. I think I'd finished reading it. I was in New Zealand. I was staying in, um, it was probably a haunted B&B in New Zealand and I'd finished reading it. And it was basically, I think there's like a line in it. It's just like, you know, how to stop doing things you don't want with people you don't like. And I was just like, you know what? I do a lot of things that I don't want to do with people that don't mean anything special to me. And it was from there that I started going, I don't want to do this anymore, drop it. I don't want to do that anymore, drop it. And that's how I created all of this empty space. So basically, I think, um, you know, the, the thing with this book is that it really taught me that, you know, 
I don't want to swear, but it's the F word. Um, you've only got so many F words that you can give in your entire life. Um, so use them wise, wisely. So it was one of those things that, you know, I'd, rather than stressing out over something, I'd be like, does this really matter? No. So, you know, if I, if I wanted to decline an invitation, I'd say no to it. If I, um, you know, if I wanted to not, not go to a party or not do a seminar, I'd be like, mm, not for me. So I think that was really, really liberating for me to kind of go, you know, if it's, um, if it's not making me happy, I'm not going to do it. Life's too short. Um, the other one Mia, was... Mia, before you tell us the next one, can you tell us the title and the author of... Oh. Uh, Okay, so there's there's two versions of this book and I've noticed that everybody always reads the other one. So this one's called The Life-Changing Magic of Not Giving A and it's by Sarah Knight. So her catchphrase is how to stop spending time you don't have doing things you don't want to do with people you don't like. Love that it. was a good one. Um, I yep. think there's actually there's, there's a, a black-covered book that was written by a male and that's the one that everybody reads. And I've read that one. This one's so much better. So okay. I would, yeah, put down the other one. Pick Take up Sarah Knight. <laughs> yeah, Sarah Knight. The other one is actually um, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying. So a really, really random one. But there was something that I, um, I always had a bit of a, and still to this day, is that I've always got a little bit of a block. If my house is messy, if my office is messy, I can't get any work done. And it was one of those things that I was always like, you know, I'd be like, oh, I really need to do that ironing. And I'd always ask myself, like, is that the most important thing that you could be doing right now? And I'd be like, no, me, you should be working on doing this, working on doing that. But I found that it was like one of those things that if I didn't do it, I couldn't get, I couldn't get anything done. I just wasn't productive. So I think, um, you know, decluttering, having a tidy space definitely helps, um, helps my brain work better. So, um, and what I also loved about this book, aside from, you know, learning how to fold my clothes properly and making sure that my underwear all stands. <laughs> so, you know, it's really great if you've got OCD, you'll love it. Um, what she gets you to ask yourself in this question all the time. So, you know, when it's coming to throwing out, you know, a t-shirt that you never wear, you've just got to ask yourself, does this spark joy? So whether or not it's a t-shirt or if it's a business matter, or if it's a, you know, a team member or a color company I'll always ask myself does this bring me joy does this situation bring me joy if not in the bin you thank it because I think that's one of the big principles that she says sort of you know that if you if you're about to put something in the you know the Salvation Army pile or in the garbage bin you've got to say thank you for your service and then toss it away it. so that was that was one of the things that I've really really loved so yeah does this spark joy I ask myself about anything and I think now I'm People that know me well will take the piss out of me a lot and ask me, you know, if a certain thing will spark joy. And I'll be like, yes, shut up. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. I love that. Um, I just love that whole concept of uh, does it bring joy? And and I do also have my T-shirts and things all folded neatly. And, and it just makes me so happy because I can find everything that I want. Maybe it's when life is chaos. It's really nice to have some stuff in order. Yeah. Nice. Well, I just think, you know, what I, just right, love, gonna... I love that in the mornings I can just get up and I can put anything on because I don't need to iron anything. It's all sorted. Everything's tidy. I don't have to try a million things on because anything that's left in my wardrobe, I like. I like it. It looks good on me. So I don't have to make tough decisions because the tough decision was made when, it, when I thanked it for its service and I moved it on. <laughs> I love it. All right, I'm going to put uh, the link to both of those in the show notes of this episode. Mia... Uh, you sparked joy for me. I love listening to your story. You've made some major changes in your life, which is so inspiring. Um, thank you so much for the time you've given us today. Thank 
you. I think um, one thing that I just want to share with any salon owners that are thinking about closing Saturdays is that your takings won't change. I think that's the thing that they all get really freaked out about. And they always think, you know, what if, what if I drop and it, you don't? Your money's just made in different hours now. So just go, live your life, go to the beach, watch soccer, clean, you, clean your wardrobe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mia. Thanks, Lisa. Bye. And that's a wrap. A huge thank you, Mia. I really appreciate uh, your super useful advice and your story that you shared with us today. It's a huge inspiration. I loved what you had to say about forming stronger relationships with staff when there are fewer of them. Sometimes less is more. I'm really keen to know what stood out for you in this episode. Come and let me know in the Profitable and Successful Salon Owners Facebook group. The link to join us is in the show notes of this episode. Meantime, i catch you same time, same place next week. Ciao for now. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the podcast. Tune in every week as I reveal the latest insights and advice on what it takes to truly master your inner salon CEO and master your salon success. Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective podcast on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at www.salonownerscollective.com. But make sure to join me in my Facebook group for answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.